A successful city requires energetic and forward-thinking men and women leading vibrant businesses. This is Heart of the City, Business Edition. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, your host, and I have a special guest today. It's Kevin Henry, and uh, Kevin is the Diversity and Inclusion Coordinator at Sound Health in Seattle. Kevin, welcome to Heart of the City. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you and I have had a chance to chat for a few minutes uh, before we came into studio, and I got uh, one thing comes to mind when I when I have had a chance to talk to you, and that is I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my sentences short because. I know our people are going to want to hear your voice. Well, <laughs> I don't you got know. A, you, you have a nice voice, too. <laughs> well, you got a great radio voice, and uh, you've done radio in the past, actually, haven't you, in the Bellevue area? Yeah, I was the uh, program coordinator for the city of Bellevue for 20 years and ran their diversity program. And one of the things I got to do was to do a show called Voices of Diversity for seven years, along with a great uh, crew of volunteers over at KBCS. There you go. So you've done that. So you've done radio before and and pretty comfortable behind the mic. Well, uh, the Diversity and Inclusion Coordinator. So that's a big title, but what does it actually mean? Good question. Well, Sound, who uh, is based in Tukwila, even though we have several sites and uh, programs throughout the Puget Sound area, we have about 700 employees, uh, most of whom are clinicians, therapists, counselors, uh, people who work with clients who have a mental health diagnosis. So we have a pretty diverse client base. So we have some great clinicians and team members, but what we really want to do as a diversity inclusion program is really assist them in um, being able to understand and work with clients who have a lot of uh, racially based types of issues that they bring into a counseling session. So Um, that means that you might have a white clinician, but then you have an African-American man. The clinician is a skilled clinician, but might not be that aware of some of the um, racialized trauma or some of the other things that the client is bringing in that need to be addressed. So what we do is we're working on training. We're working on bringing in guest speakers to just educate our team members about certain things that maybe they hadn't come across before. So, for instance... Last month, we had a Latinx psychotherapist who talked about uh, racialized trauma and how that can affect people in, in a way that cr- increases anxiety, increases stress, low self-esteem, because all, just about all of our clients have some type of mental health diagnosis. And what's happened is because of the protests and COVID and um, the uptick in racist incidents that are happening in the country, it just is like pouring gasoline on the fire for mm-hmm. some people, and they're triggered. So uh, the triggering spills over into our uh, team members as well, in that if you're a person of color or African-American uh, team member, for instance, a lot of what's happening with the protests and the, the violence and uh, the, the deaths of uh, George Floyd it creates even more anxiety and and stress. And so what we've done is we have sharing circles. We have three sharing circles at Sound. We have a white allies sharing circle. We have an African-American sharing circle. And we have a general sharing circle. And in those sharing circles, our team members are able to process, listen, share their emotions so that they're not just working in a silo. 
So that's just a few of the things that we do at Sound in order to promote diversity. But at the at the bottom of all of it is just bringing people together so that they can better understand each other. Because I think what's happened with the, the protests and what's happened in just in the last eight months in the country, in some ways it's been a blessing because I think what it's done is it's brought up to the surface a lot of things, emotions, concerns, rage, paranoia, any number of racism, mm-hmm. sexism. Mm-hmm. It's brought it all to the surface, and it's been there the whole time. But it's like it needed uh, like, a, like jumper cables on a dead battery. You know, and boom, all of a sudden people are going, what in the world's going on? Exactly. And so we're trying to bring people together so that they can understand and create empathy with each other, whether it be at sound or whether it be with some of our partners. I mean, we partnering with the minority voters organization in order to try and increase uh, minority participation in the, the voting process in, in the upcoming elections. And it's a nonpartisan. We're not telling you who to vote for. We're just telling you to vote because that will give you a sense of power. Mm-hmm. You know, voting uh, can build self-esteem and a sense of autonomy and empowerment. So, Well, let's talk about that for a few minutes because obviously at this point in time, the election is, is very close. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting as uh, I've been watching, uh, for example, the Seahawks. And, you know, as there's been this uh, um, this tension that's taken place after the George Floyd incidences and others that have taken place, that uh, I, I think there's been this kind of um, a push or directive to, to, even with the Seahawks, to talking about you need to vote. Mm-hmm. And you need to be an educated voter. <laughs> and, you know, you've got these passions now that are welling up within you. Now, what are you going to do with it that's, that's going to be productive, right? Right. And, and so being able to educate people about uh, about the voting process and their responsibility and or opportunity to be a part of that is important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that makes it a, a little bit of a challenge, especially for some people, is the cynicism and disappointment of the past in terms of I've heard so many people say, use this term, the lesser of two evils. It's like, well, I don't like either candidate, but mm-hmm. who do I, who can I tolerate? You know, who, who can, who's going to do the least amount of damage? And so some people have just completely backed out and disconnected. Like, I'm not even going to bother because I can't get behind either candidate. But at the same time, they're giving up that power. And then when things go wrong um, because they didn't vote, They'll go, well, wow, what's going on? At least, even if the person you want doesn't get into office, at least if you can say you participated in trying to shape a certain type of future that you wanted, I think that makes people just feel better naturally. Um, and I think that with you know minority voters or even if you're not a minority, I think people just in general feel better if they're being active. They can have a passion, but it's kind of like if you're sitting in your house going, I want to do something, I want to do something, I want to do something. And so the minority, the minority voters are saying, okay, you can do this. And, and this particular chapter of the League of Minority Voters is the election is just the, the first thing on the menu here. I mean, it's a new chapter. We want to have programs that educate voters about the issues, about the process. We want to also encourage young people to get involved in politics. Because the young people are the future. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not going to be around forever. Right. And so you've got kids in middle school and high school, 
And that's the time to grab them and start, you know, at least educating them and getting them involved and getting them to use their voice because that's the voice of the future. I don't want to get into the political side of it, but there's just a question I'll lead us into. And then right. if if uh, if it's too much, we'll veer back into what we're talking about here. But there is this effort in some ways to not only be involved with the system, but to change the the, the system itself in the sense of, you know, we've got to tear down and totally change the way our government works in some mm-hmm. ways, mm-hmm. you know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I, 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 like I say, I don't want to get into well, no, you know, I mean, politics you can, of it, but, you know, the it system— overla- it, it overlaps. It, it overlaps, elephants right. Elephants in the room, you know. Um, well, so are you talking about, like, sometimes I'm on social media a lot. And right. I'm, here, I'm listening both sides kind of, you know, blaring at each other. Uh-huh. And I hear things like, you know, if we, unless we do something, it's going to become a socialist— Marxist cesspool and stuff right. like that. And the other people are saying, unless we do something, this bad thing is going to happen. So is that kind of what you're talking about? Well, yeah. And, and do we do we need to change fundamentally change the the the, mm. the our government? For example, does the, the the way we the way we vote, the way mm-hmm. we um, our legislation works, and that sort of thing, or is it we're being able to work within the current system mm-hmm. to to be able to make our voices known? I always like the word reform, or I guess I, I always like to take an existing system and see what the flaws are and then see how we can improve it rather than just completely you know, dismantle something immediately and then try and build it back up. Now, who knows you know, a year from now if things aren't going well or if there's enough people that feel like, well, we've really got to make some significant radical change, then I guess we'll just have to cross that bridge. But um, I'm not – I don't like being too um, – what's the word? Uh, knee-jerk or, or too uh, aggressive sometimes because sometimes I think if you're going too fast, it's like if you're driving 90 miles an hour, you don't see the sign that says road ends in 50 feet. So <laughs> right. I'd rather be going 20 miles an hour so I can see everything and go, okay, this needs to be changed. Let's reform this. Let's talk about that. But I think if anything, what disturbs me is that people get are getting so polarized Yes, that nobody listens to each other. And as soon as somebody says one thing, it could be one word and boom, they're canceled. They're unfriended. They're, you know... Uh, hung up on or and we're never going to get anywhere then because then we might as well just have two separate countries right one for this group and one for that group yeah, so at some yeah. point we're going to have to find some middle ground is what I figured well you're listening to Heart of the City and our guest today is Kevin Henry and he's the diversity and inclusion coordinator at Sound Health and uh, Kevin you and I were talking before we started recording here that there's an article in the Seattle Times by uh, Chris Talbot this last Sunday and uh, talking about the stresses and talking to family and friends about politics and about, uh, uh, you know, COVID-19. And and he made some points in his article talking about, you know, right now, typically as we're going into the holidays, people are uh, sometimes get stressed with family conversations around the Thanksgiving, around Christmas because of, uh, you know, just being around family and having conversations that you normally don't have. And he's saying in this article that people are already going into this holiday season stressed because of COVID, <laughs> because of the racial strife, and that right. the conversations to be had are already almost uh, at the point where people 
you know, uh, are, are very um, stressed, if you will, about it. And he was talking about in the article uh, the the willingness to listen, to learn, and connect uh, seems to be at an all-time low, you know, and that people aren't really willing to listen, and 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 and, sh- yeah. and they just shut each other down. And it's being able to have these conversations, uh, you know, certainly have passion, but but at the same time, uh, being able to listen and to really understand is important, isn't it? Well, I think the key word is willingness, because I think people listen to anybody. I mean, I'll listen to a ball game. I'll listen to you. You know, we're talking about Los Angeles earlier. Right. However, if you were to mention something that I had a I was emotionally invested in or disturbed by or, um, you know, some of the thing that brought back bad memories and all of a sudden my whole mental state changes and then I become maybe defensive. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, all of a sudden I'm lumping you you into a box because you have a certain belief. So I think what I tell what I suggest to people is that you can only you are you can only control yourself. And at a certain point I think you have to let it go. If somebody has a different point of view, it took them 20 years, 35 years, 50 years to have that view develop. And you're not probably not going to change it very much in a 2-hour conversation. Right. So I think you have to be realistic, and I think that if anything, um, I think you have to present your case. And I have plenty of friends where we don't agree, we're in different political parties, we look at things differently, and a lot of that I attribute to life experience. You know, if somebody's living in uh, a farm town in Iowa, and you have another person living in inner city Chicago, they're going to have two different realities. Mm -hmm. So the person in Chicago, I think, should realize that if I'm on a farm in Iowa, my reality is different, then I would be open to talking to the person, but I would also be patient that they're not going to necessarily understand or things aren't necessarily going to resonate that I'm talking about because they aren't attached to my reality and vice versa. My as I said, the key word is willingness. I've, I've met a lot of people that do come from disparate, different backgrounds, but they're willing to learn. They're willing to listen. They're willing to think about what you said to me that maybe at first I said, that's crazy. You know, what does it hurt? But I think the problem is, is that people are so emotionally invested or so fearful or so emotional that they get very aggressive mm-hmm. and it becomes like a brawl. And it's like, if you don't understand what I'm saying within five minutes, I'm done with you. Right. So you're, you're, I'm cutting you off. So what does that accomplish? Yeah, yeah. And there are times when, and as um, as this writer, as Chris uh, Talbot had, had spoke about, is that there are, there are times when uh, you need to know, um, are, are you willing to have this conversation, and is it worth in an old saying, is it worth to die on this hill? In other words, my stance is so important to me that I'm willing to to go to the very, you know, the very death. I'm willing to die on this hill because this is so important to me. I had a situation just a week ago where there was a uh, a, a multiple person text going on, and there was some some statements that were made that I I didn't agree with and and didn't want to engage in because. And so I, I spoke to one of the persons in this text, and they're like, well, I noticed you didn't, you know, you didn't continue on in the conversation. And it's like, you know, I know if I said anything that this conversation would not go well, 
And I love this person more than I love this topic. Mm, good point. You know, it's like I I can I can disagree with you, but I love you more. I want to have a relationship with you. I'm not going to make that thing that you have, you know, an opinion about to be divisive in how I feel about you or or my overall relationship with you. You know, and, and so that, you know, that was kind of my mindset with this particular exchange. Mm-hmm. So there are times when you need to know when to disengage. And then there are times when you know you need to dig in and engage, isn't isn't there? There's that oh, absolutely. sensitivity. Absolutely. And it's a fine line sometimes. But I think what you're talking about is what's more important and what the priority is. So, And then also what I look at is that, okay, if I sit down with Chuck for an hour and have this big, huge debate, at the end of it, what's going to change? So I try and look into the future and think, okay, is this worth the time in the sense that am I really going to accomplish what I'm trying to do? And if I feel like, well, you know, I don't think it's going to make a difference, then – I can just be me and you can be you, and then I can present things to you to think about, but that, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to say, here's an article. If you want to read it, read it, but I'm not going to sit here and try and twist your arm and grab you and shake you or something like that. And a lot of times change comes over time. I mean, there's been plenty of Democrats that have, be- have become Republicans and vice versa. You know, there's people that get married and then get divorced. I mean, you're, you, know, <laughs> you know, life is a ongoing evolutionary process. So I think if I can just plant a seed, that's all I want to do. I don't want to argue. I'm just, I just want to say, have you considered? I think the, mm. the times that I personally get a little bit riled up is if I feel there's inaccurate information going out. So if mm-hmm. somebody's got a post on Facebook and it's based on a, a falsehood, then what I would do is say, Here's a link to something that gives you a more accurate depiction of what you're talking about. And, but then I leave it at that. Right. I'm not going to sit there. You better read it otherwise and start calling people names. Well, and that is the trouble in our current media. And, I, you know, listen, I'm in the media, so I understand, you know, understand. But there are times that, you know, it's like there are two different realities mm-hmm. going on, isn't there? Yep. I mean, when you whichever TV channel you're watching is giving you a total different view of reality. And yeah. and there is, not to take sides on either, but uh, in our society, when there is no absolute truth, when truth is uh, mushy and there is no real solid truth to take place, uh, that can be uh, destabilizing in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've have had conversations with people just recently. It's like. Where can I go where I can actually hear the news without opinion? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so we oh, can talk now, for a long yeah, time about that. that's a whole that. separate conversation. <laughs> but know. I will say this. is My background is in journalism and uh, TV radio communications. That was my degree. Uh-huh. And back in the days when I was working in newspapers, it was like it was the opposite of what we're facing now. It was like keep your opinion out of it. Right. State the facts. Check your facts. There was no such thing as clickbait. You know, unless you were talking about certain Hollywood scandal sheets. Right. And that was drilled into us. You know, you do not put your, unless you're doing a feature, then you can kind of put your personality in there a little bit. Or if you do an editorial, then you do an editorial. But now you turn on the TV and then what? what's funny is when 
it doesn't matter what network it is because they both do it. They refer to, well, the mainstream media. And I'm thinking, but aren't you the mainstream? <laughs> I mean, who, who are you talking about? Right. And then I have to, I feel like I'm a surgeon trying to cut out the cancer in the story, so to speak, because I know the truth is in there somewhere, but I've got right. to get through all the their opinion. I got to get through the snarkiness. Yeah. I got to get through the, the, the half truths to get to the truth. Yeah. And why should anybody have to do that? Yeah. Or just say it's an editorial. Right. Period. Right. Right. Well, what happens with people, and uh, I was just reading a scripture this morning in Psalms chapter 1, and, and it was talking about not sitting in the seat of the scornful. And 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 um, you know, I recognize that oftentimes when when we're watching the quote news or opinion, that that the the scorn that's that's taking place is really damaging to my soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that at times I just have to turn it off. I just I don't want to hear any more of the noise. I I am going to turn it off. You know so. It's it is important for us in our consumption to be um, discerning. Well, yeah, I mean we have a choice. Just like if somebody says something on Facebook, you don't have to respond. Now I know it's very tempting, and sometimes I've slapped myself because I oh I shouldn't have responded right. to that. Now I've got this whole long. I saw a thread one time go back and forth because I teased this woman because it went on literally for six days. Wow. And then they would take a break because I think everybody went to sleep like about 10 o'clock and then (laughs) it would pick right up. And people were threatening lawsuits (laughs) and and all this stuff. And I'm like thinking, you know, don't people have jobs or other things that you could be doing besides doing this? But I think the bar has gone down so much that calling people names, um, I mean, it used to be if you – if you did what what I hear today, you'd be like slapped with libel, slander, suits, right. and all kinds of things. But right. now it's like unless you say certain words, you can call anybody just about anything. Right, right. Well, in so many ways, it's unsocial media instead of being social. Right. You know, and and so learning how to – for me personally, I don't post or make comments about political things on, on Facebook. Wise I man. mean, I, I just don't. <laughs> you know, there are times that I'm tempted, but it's like – in that vehicle, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to change anybody's opinion. You know, the, the people who have those opinions, I'm not going to change. And so, uh, like I say, it's learning, you know, what, what uh, hill I'm going to die on, what, what is uh, important to me. You know? And they're very complex issues, too. So, I mean, I think if you use so, – I think social media is great if you're just keeping it very kind of one-dimensional and, you know – like, hey, Chuck, you know, when's that blah, 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 that was a good show, you know, are simple kind of questions. But, but once you get into subjects that are have a very complex historical base, I mean, you really need hours and hours to really get into it, and that's not what Facebook is about. Yeah. Well, listen, we've got about two minutes left, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm tracking with you uh, as far as um, your overall, I would say, your life message. You're, <laughs> you're, you know, that's a long topic, but – you know, to, to kind of uh, synthesize everything that we've been talking about and what what your goal is as far as your vocation and your passions and what you're really wanting people to understand is what? Well, I want people to understand that we all have to live on this planet together. And there's many different people from different backgrounds. We all have different experiences, viewpoints. But at the bottom of that should be the fact that you shouldn't lose touch with your humanity. You know, it's not so much about politics sometimes. It's not so much about, you know, racial misunderstandings. But if you can keep 
in, in touch with your, my, your humanity, I think that'll get us through it. But once you start losing that and, and it just becomes a war, then we're in big trouble. Yeah. So don't lose your humanity. Well, if someone wants to uh, reach out to you and to connect with you and have a conversation, whether it's regarding sound health or whether it's regarding the League of Minority Voters, how do they reach you? You can reach me at kevin.henry at sound.health. And also check out the website for Minority Voters at minorityvoters.org. Kevin Henry, I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Heart of the City, Business Edition. To hear a podcast of this interview, go to thewordseattle.com and click on Heart of the City Podcast.